Welcome to Back on the Broomstick, a modern witch's spoken word grimoire, where two witchy friends from way back are reconnecting to their pagan roots after a long period of mundanity. We're rewalking the path of the wise and trying out all the latest spells, rituals, and magical theory in today's witchcraft and pagan practices. So grab your wand and your incense, your cauldron and your crystals, and join us as we get Back back on on the Broomstick. As we get back on the broomstick today, I'm Shell. And I'm Layla. And today we'll be talking about the pagan holiday of Beltane that's coming up on May 1st. Unless you're one of our Southern Hemisphere friends, and then you will be celebrating Samhain on May 1st. Beltane and Samhain are two of the biggest holidays, I would have to say. You know how I would explain this? Like, you get a lot of the Christians that are like, you know, what are the big holidays? And I'd be like, think of Beltane and Samhain like the Christian version of Christmas and Easter. It's like our Christmas and Easter, the two big ones, the big ones. Not that they have any relation to each other, but just the significance of the two holidays. I thought you were going to describe them as, you know, hey, what are the two big holidays? I thought you were going to say sex and death. I mean, that's pretty much where we're at, right? That's <laughs> Those are the bookends of the holidays here. That's kind of if you want to distill them down. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so that has nothing to do with my my little metaphor from a minute ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, this is what you're saying is they're the two biggest ones. Like Easter and Christmas are two of the bigger Christmas Christmas holidays. And for, for Christians and for, Christians. for us. Yeah, and for us, it's it's Beltane and Samhain. So as far as the significance of each holiday for the different groups, they have the equal weight. weight. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely a really good way to say it. I do know several Beltane Samhain pagans, just like you've heard the term Easter Christmas Christians. They only come out of the woodwork at, at, at Beltane and Samhain. You know, it's like you go to a Litha ritual and there's like 50 people there. You go to a Beltane ritual and there's like 350 people there. And it's like, where the hell were you people? The other seven holidays. The summer holidays were very often minimally attended. People were at other festivals. There were bigger festivals people would travel to. But things like Beltane and Samhain, we could have upwards of 300 plus people there. They were quite large festival celebrations, even in our small city that we lived in. And then you try to get a Lamas ritual with more than 40 people and good luck, sister. Right. How many of those Litha and Lamas rituals were we sitting in the field with like 10 other people being like, nobody called this ritual? All right, let's whip something up really fast. And right. Come- <laughs> but actually, those were probably some of the better rituals the on the flies. Super personal and super fun. I, I liked those smaller rituals. But Beltane was amazing for so many other reasons. It is the first, for our community, it was the first outdoor ritual. And in some parts of the country, it's the first time of year where it's comfortable to get outside, where you can go camping and celebrate the new life and the new beginning. Oh, freezing your ass off. (laughs) And Beltane is all about celebrating that. It's about celebrating life. Not just, it gets a bad rap as being a sex fest, which it's not exactly that. that. That is part of it. We'll touch on that in a second. Yeah. Well, I just wanted to kind of reiterate the 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 vibe of Beltane, which especially for you and I from being in the in the northeast of the United States, that is really almost like our coming out for the year because where we're from, it is damn cold up until 
and not saying that Beltane has always been warm, but it is damn cold up until about Beltane. Beltane is where we kind of always unhermited. We've been hermits all winter, you know, wrapped up in our fleece blankets. And this is like always been like the first weekend we were out in the weather, out in the sunshine, kind of breathing that new, fresh life. That was always a big thing for us was where we're from, you can almost count summer being from Beltane to Samhain. It kind of followed that whole Irish mythology, which is where the holiday comes from. It's a, a holiday that marked the beginning of summer in Ireland. Being from a similar climate, I don't know if we treated it that way intentionally, but right. it just kind of felt that way. It's Beltane, it's summer. <laughs> It's not the official beginning of summer, but it definitely marked the beginning of camping season, outdoor season. You know, hooray, hooray, the 1st of May, outdoor camping begins today. Substitute camping with your verb of choice. (laughs) (laughs) You start to see flowers, you know, the birds are out. Like, it's just, it's unlike, I mean, Ostara, yeah, those little pings of life are going, but by Beltane, we're like full force and, and, and ready to burst out just like the flowers, just like the grass. And, you know, even the animals, you start to see the robins around Beltane. You start to see the rabbits. You know, it's a very fruitful time. Yeah, it's a celebration of life and all of that force returning to the earth and to us. It's the first time of year you can literally run outside barefoot up here and and feel like summer has begun and all those energies are starting to kind of quicken within each of us too. So speaking of those quickening in us, you know, Beltane has been known as a fertility time, which yes, absolutely not going to take away from that. And with fertility, yes, does come sex. But to say that Beltane is a sex ritual, a sex holiday, I would say is very untrue. But does it happen? Absolutely. Yes, and I think we shouldn't we shouldn't separate that. There are a lot of meanings to fertility and to sex right. and to this life and new beginning, but I don't want to demonize sex itself because sex is a joyous act. It is a wonderful part of life. And so we need to make sure that that is honored as well. You know, there's going to be Beltane for kids and right. there's going to be Beltane for adults, and those two things will be different. In honoring that there's more to it than just sex, I I do also appreciate that pagans are quick to also say we also honor the sex part. You know, there's the beginning of summer and the new life and the new beginnings. And then there's also sacred sex. And that's just as respected and good. But I also want to point out that that is absolutely not a requirement. You know, maybe maybe you're one of those folks that that's not your vibe. That's not your thing. And that is okay. You can celebrate Beltane, be a part of Beltane and have none of that involved. Exactly. That's, yes. that's okay. But in the same respect, you need to be respectful of the people who do choose to have that be a part of their ritual and their celebration. So you got to respect everybody's opinion on the sex part. You know, I love that you brought that up and I'm going to go on a little bit of a tangent and bring up our old pagan community yet again, because I think they were very ahead of their time in a lot of ways. And one of the things that we did every year for Beltane was we had men's and women's mysteries. Oh, I loved that. Me too, where the community would separate into a quote unquote men's group and a quote unquote women's group. And I'm putting verbal quotes around those words. 
because even from the early 70s, I think, when this group first started, you went to the group that you chose to, not necessarily the one that your body or your birth certificate said it was you called men's to. and women. It was called men's and women's mysteries, but you could have gone to the men's mysteries if that was your choice and no one would have flinched an eye. I believe they were quite proud of saying that their very first May Queen, which is the May Queen and the May King are chosen at these men's and women's mysteries. Their very first May Queen was a biological male. And they were quite proud of saying that because that's how it went here. You, Yes, they were men's and women's mysteries, but you went where you felt called to. And I know several people that would change from year to year. And that was fine. And, you know, it's funny because no, you know, it it was never something that was thought about or questioned or mentioned. Nowadays, it's such a forefront in everyone's political mind. But back then, you just went where you went and everyone was like, oh, yeah, come on, let's go. At least in the pagan communities, most of them, most of them were like that. And and I love that our home community was and continues to be like that. It, It was has always been inclusive that way. Even to the point of, like you said, sometimes this can be a little bit too sex-centered of a holiday. Right. Children do come to this holiday, and we want it to be all the different levels of fertility and, and all the different things that this season means. And so after much discussion, the community came up with a third group that they called the Fools, and we had the Fools Mystery. And people could go to the Fool's Mystery if they didn't feel called to either the men's or the women's mystery, or if they were a child and they didn't feel that they were grown up enough yet to go to one of those mysteries. They would go to the Fool's Mysteries. And oh my goodness, do I love that group. They brought what was missing, I think, to the Beltane ritual. I don't want to call it chaos energy because that makes it sound disruptive, but they brought this beautiful chaotic energy to that space and it was desperately needed and it was perfect. It was perfect. They did. And I've also seen the fool not just be chaos, but also be wisdom because a lot of times the fool in a court was the bard. Right. They were the wise one. Right. You know, we've seen many different sides to the fool, just like we've seen many different sides to the king and the queen of the May. So maybe let's explain what a May king and a May queen is. I just want to point out before we before we explain what a May King and a May Queen is, I just want to point out I was never picked to be a May Queen. I was the May Queen. I know. And and, and that's why I had to point it out. Real quick aside, there was a legend in our community that if you stood next to this one particular beautiful, wonderful goddess of a woman who will remain unnamed, but it's Danielle. (laughs) Um, (laughs) If you stood next to her, you would be the May Queen. When I was there, I think it was my second Beltane, I happened to be standing next to her and she was telling me that like three years in a row, the person next to her was May Queen. And wouldn't you fucking know it, I picked the bean to be the May Queen that year. And I think it held true for the next two years after that. So there was quite a long run. She had like a six or seven year run with someone standing next to her was the May Queen. With the May Queen, our local community didn't have some like deep seated like definition of the May Queen per se. Kind of the legend of the May Queen is being a symbol of that fertility, that vessel of potential growth 
kind of the nurturer. In our community and also in pagan lore, it, she was the holder of that energy. She held the energy of growth and of the fertile one. And yeah, she kind of she kind of carried that energy for her community. And in our in our tradition, in our pagan community, that's what she symbolized as well. We used chants. Usually it was a bean or a stone or something um, non-toxic that was baked into a cupcake or into a cake. And then randomly someone would choose that. And I believe and that if was- you got the if you got the cake with the bean in it, you were cosmically chosen. By deity to hold that energy of the community, to carry that growth, that fertility energy for your people. There are some groups that, that pre-select a May King and a May, a May Queen. I really like how our community did it and kind of made it like a divine picking. You know, right. it was it was very random. And the thought process behind it was that the god and the goddess chose the May King and the May Queen. And I really liked that. But we are not negating in any way if you go into it having a pre-chosen one, because that Absolutely. may be your tradition and that may be the way you do it. And that's great. Just our experiences, it was random and fun. I liked it. It was fun. Even though I never was picked. <laughs> <laughs> and I loved the mysteries. The mysteries themselves were always very meaningful and helped me connect with the other people in community. And I loved the Beltane ceremony for that. And then afterwards, we would have the May Queen who embodied this fertile energy of the community and the May King who embodied the energetic side of that energy would come together and we would do a Maypole dance before the ritual. Let's just talk real quick about the Maypole, because I think a lot more people are, are familiar with Maypole dancing than maybe even Beltane itself. Um for those that don't know, if you see, you know, that big tall pole, different colored ribbons around it um, and people holding the ribbons and dancing, isn't there something where you're supposed to actually weave them into a pattern? Because our community, we had an issue with weaving. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't our strong point. Everyone would bring a different colored ribbon that we would attach to the maypole, which was usually a tree that was cut down from the property by, by the, the men. men's ritual. Yeah, the, the men's, men's mysteries. mysteries. Uh, and the women would dig the hole where the maypole was planted as part of the women's mysteries. And we had a lot of fun rituals around both of those. But anyway, so the men would bring the pole, which put into the hole, and then we would attach all these beautiful ribbons to it. We would dance in a particular way to weave the ribbons. The but we never, the May, it never weaved good. No. The Queen <laughs> of the May had a white ribbon, and she did not follow the pattern. She was allowed to dance and weave in and out as chaos or deity dictated however she chose as that random chaos spark of life factor. Right. And the idea was you could tell how your year would go by how the weaving was. If the weaving was good, you would have a, you know, an orderly good part of the year and where it was chaotic or knotted or strange, you might have that kind of energy later, you know. Our, so you com our community was used to the chaotic based on <laughs> the weaving. <laughs> exactly right, exactly right. And weaving is big this time of year because again, it, it's all about growth and it's about kind of weaving those threads for how you want your summer to go, you know, and, and kind of the things that you've already started, now you're weaving together to, to turn it into a tapestry for your year or for your season or your life.
similar to Ostara, it's I don't want to say you're planting the seed because a lot of that seed planting was in was in Ostara, but you're still kind of wrapping up planting those seeds and germinating those seeds. So when you think of the sexualized part of Beltane, it's really the god and the goddess producing new life, germinating that seed. Exactly. And you can harness that type of energy in your life in so many different ways. On Beltane, doing a ritual where you go outside with bare feet, maybe, with a, a, a ritual item that you want to charge, and think of all that new energy, that growth, that excitement, that fire energy, because this is a fire celebration. Think of all that energy entering into the item that you want to charge. You know what I've done in the past? What's that? I've used Beltane and Samhain for all of our Southern Hemisphere friends. Um, I've used those two holidays to kind of either cleanse and reconsecrate tools, consecrate new ones I've gotten, or like, you know how you have that one quartz crystal that you had for 20 years and God knows what you've done with it in those 20 years. <laughs> because it's like what I've done with an athame before, kind of like your whole pole in the hole, just kind of stick it in and just leave the butt out and then kind of do like a cleansing and having the earth cleanse the blade and all I don't know. I kind of look at that both of them as it might not be relevant to the holiday itself, but because they are such high holidays, it's a good time to sometimes get your shit back in order. Another great way to do that is because it is a fire festival. One thing that ancient people used to do is build a fire on a hill and they would often build two fires and maybe drive their cattle between those fires or walk between the fires to cleanse themselves, to bring fertility to themselves. A new couple would jump the fire to bring fertility. And so in your home, if you're lucky enough, build yourself two fires. If not, take two candles and you can pass your tools between them or over the flame or just ceremonially think of the flame passing around your item to cleanse it and to reconsecrate it and to bring that growth energy to it, you know, that vitality it's an amazing energy to harness. It can give you insight, strength. It can give you the drive to move forward in projects and in, in things that you want to bring into your life because it's it's passion, it's life. It's such vital energy that it's a great to tap into. You know, I think sometimes when we put too much thought into, oh, it's Beltane. I got to do something huge. I got to do something big. Sometimes with these bigger holidays, I feel like less is more. We've kind of been separated from that that greater community we used to be a part of, um, mainly because we moved away. And I mean, I know you're kind of starting to ramp up with a group, but I'm still here lonely in Salem. So weird. It's so weird. So you think to yourself, how am I going to have some sex crazed fertility ritual if I'm a solitaire? That's where you kind of take what you've been working on for the last however long and use the concepts of Beltane, you know, fertilize those seeds that you planted at Ostara. You know, you can't just plant a seed, walk away and expect it to just boom, you know, grow into something fabulous. You know, if you're trying to make a change in your life and you planted that seed in Ostara, now's the time to start working on things that are going to germinate that idea that are going to germinate that plan, that are going to get you to that next step, whether it be physically, spiritually, mentally, whatever. So you can just think of sex as a metaphor. Absolutely. You know, I 
don't get me wrong. I am all for sex at Beltane. I'm just trying to be like the devil's advocate here. <laughs> I agree. I am also all for sex consensual, obviously. Sex. Oh, yeah, Beltane, ab- absolutely. Without saying. But that sex energy is vitality. It is happiness. It's joy. It's passion. It's heat. It's that desire. It's want. intense it's, drive, intense, it's intense drive. And those can be translated into so many different areas of your life. It doesn't have to be just the physical acts of, of sex. It can be passion in a relationship, passion to start a business. It can be that drive to go back to school. It can be that intensity that helps bring you to a new level you know, in your meditation practice or whatever you can apply I mean, to whatever you need in your life. Don't get me wrong. I have gotten pregnant on Beltane before. <laughs> you know, my son is my witness. It's not that I'm not going to, I just want to make sure that we're giving our listeners balance. Absolutely. I met the love of my life on Beltane. Go back to our, our last Beltane episode. I'll put a link in the notes if you want to hear the story. So I know the power of Beltane. It's definitely there. Like you you conceived a son. I found the love of my life. We've been together, what, 24-ish years now? And mine was very intentional, which I'd like to point out. You know, we did rituals. I, I was looking to get pregnant with a boy at that time. And we did rituals leading up to Beltane. And we did a Beltane ritual that was around me getting pregnant with a boy. And sure as shit. Three weeks later, that little test came up positive. Yes, you did. And I had done a Samhain ritual, breaking ties with all old relationships that didn't work out, all the you know people I couldn't let go of. I let go of all of that and was free and was ready to start at Beltane with a whole, okay, let's face it. I was looking forward to a summer of sex. I even called it that. My 20-something self was going to be carefree and happy and then Safe. I ruined to it. I ruined it for you and introduced you, you to a boy at Beltane. You introduced me to the boy at Beltane, and I fell immediately head over heels in love. And here we are. So the power of Beltane is real. But but definitely use those energies towards what what your goals are, what you're manifesting, what you're looking for. I know manifestation is like the hot word of the minute. And this is powerful energy. Yeah. May 1st from the 30th to the 1st, that whole time from the sunset on the 30th till sunset on the 1st, you go with your bad self and use all that energy, kind of bring it into your life. Use it for lots of different spells. Start a new journal, start a book of shadows. I know that on Beltane, I'm actually going to, it's it's a work day for me, darn it. Um, but during my work day, because it is an in-office day, I am going to plan on walking down to the ocean side on my lunch break and Ooh. having a little one-on-one time with the waters um, on belt. That'll be really nice. Sometimes you got to work with what you got. And I can't necessarily go to a, to a ritual on Beltane itself, but I can walk down and have a few moments between me and the water gods down at the ocean side. Now, I am lucky enough to actually be reconnecting with our old pagan community and going to a Beltane ritual for that weekend. Jealous! I am super excited. Our coven did the Beltane ritual for the year 2000. Year 2000. 2000. And I kept the top half of the Maypole as a staff. I still have it. Oh my God, you still have that? I still have it. And I intend to bring it with me. To- That's like legit been 23 years. It has. It has. 
And so I'm going to bring that with me to Beltane, to the very place with my husband, to the very place where I met him with our two children and my staff that I've had for that 23 years. So this is going to be a very nice homecoming for me. I haven't been back in the state or with that community in a long time. And so I'm I'm very much looking forward to Beltane this year. I'm very excited. All right, all right, listeners. Shell is on a mission here. Shell has had some technical issues lately, but I am going to try to make it a point because I need to go need to, to this go. Beltane. <laughs> and, 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 because also, Layla and I need to do a show on this afterwards. <gasps> we do. <laughs> be so great. Yes, you should go. You need to go. Somehow we'll, we'll manifest. Let me work this. out my technical issues. We're going to manifest that all these technical issues will go away for Shell so that she can go to Beltane with our old Penguin community. But I would love to hear what do you do for Beltane? Do you have any rituals that you do with your kids? Do you have any rituals you do with your friends? Anything that you like to do to celebrate this May day? And just send them in to backonthebroomstick at gmail.com. And I also want to add in, even though it's Samhain for our Southern Hemisphere friends, please, you folks, let us know what you're doing for Samhain. I am very interested on a Samhain in May. Maybe I've lived in the Northern Hemisphere too long that that we, it, it, I can't wrap my head around Samhain in May. Send pictures. Shell needs to know it's real. <laughs> I, I, like I'm used to Samhain being freezing cold. So I need to give me some perspective here, people. Let me know what your, what, what your, your rituals are, what your practices are for Samhain in May, because this girl needs to know. Mm-hmm. And definitely send us your Beltane information if there's anything you like and uh, things you're interested in for our next episode. And um, we will see you next Friday on Back on the Broomstick. Thanks for being witchy. 